agent, Robbie, listen, I've been trying to, <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to get you on a few American chat shows, not happening. What about a podcast? <laughs> Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 165 of Sapnin Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and this week we're presenting an episode that will make you stand up and laugh out loud. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> this week's guest is my very, very good friend, stand-up comedian, TV presenter, radio presenter, and all-round legend, Tom Deacon. Yes, now what a CV, Tom Deacon. And there's a career this man has switching from comedy club appearances up and down the country on a regular to being a household TV personality and presenter for countless insane publications. He's worked and done everything from being a host at BBC Radio 1 to traveling across Europe as a deluded football fan for Copper 90, becoming the face of eSports and just has some utterly hilarious and unreal experiences with a lot of famous faces in between. The guy can do it all. He's naturally funny and has a lot of charisma. Huge music fan and someone you've gotten to know very well since the days of the blackout, Sean. Yes, we um, as we discussed later on, yeah, we got invited onto a BBC TV show um, back when they thought rock was cool. And uh, yeah, I ended up meeting Tom and we hit it off and then I've spent many a night in a comedy club in Cardiff and stuff hanging out and yeah he's he's always been super supportive he's always been very very nice and he's hilarious as you're about to find out so I'm chuffed for him I'm chuffed he's got to do all this he deserves all this he deserves much more to me he's one of my favorite presenters in the world if not even just the UK so uh I know uh the head of the BBC whatever his name is listens to this so um (laughs) you should get Tom as uh the presenter of match of the day I don't know. I couldn't think of another big presenting job. <laughs> to be fair, he'd absolutely love that. And he brings a smile to people's faces. So yes, why not? Yes, he does. 
and literally, as you mentioned, that that five nineteen show he did is pure chaos. Probably got oh, away God. with a lot of seeing this. You couldn't today, but we're going to dive into all of that from Tom's humble beginnings to some secrets behind the art of comedy, embarrassing himself in front of people like Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber, and the Jonas Brothers, the success of Eurofan, and how a basic day at work for him can involve just sitting on a sofa with Robbie Williams and Arsenal legend Terry Henry. Yeah, it's mad stories, isn't it? It's fucking loads of mad stories. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks to Tom for coming on. Um, it literally took a text, even though we have been talking about doing it for months. We have, yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. He was absolutely awesome. Yeah, it's just, look at everything he's done. Edinburgh stand-up, BBC Two, Radio One, Capital FM, Breaky Show, Osage Gfinity Sports. Copper 90, that over had, that had over 8 million views. Formula One Esports, Dave's One Night Stand, where he had the best intro music of any comedians ever had ever. And that's not just by me. That's not me saying it. That was actually what every comedian in the world voted was the best intro track of all time, which just happens to have been by a band called The Blackout and songs called Higher and Higher. But yes, um, <laughs> yeah, we have a good time on this. And I think you can hear... Me and you smiling throughout. Um, to be honest, it's been a tough last couple of weeks. We thought New Year, New Us, New Start. Yes, here we go. And then um, some shit happened behind the scenes personally. And uh, yeah, it was good to, to speak to Tom in the middle of that going on to cheer us up and myself up. So yes, thanks, Tom, for coming on. We had a great time. Yes, it's just lovely to hear different kinds of stories as well from different aspects of entertainment. And he is a music fan and everything like that is in there as well. But that's one thing we're going to be trying in 2022 is to get even more outrageous left field guests. So if you have any suggestions of who you'd like to hear on future episodes of Sapling Podcast, head over to our Twitter and Instagram pages at Sapling Pod and give us a cheeky message. That's at S A double P. I'm writing this down as I'm saying it. E N I N P O D. That's at S A double P E N I N P O D. Get in touch with us. Give us guest ideas. Give us question ideas. Um, tell us to shut the fuck up. Tell Morgan he needs a new co host. Whatever you are thinking, let us know as long as it isn't racist or nasty about my parents. <laughs> That's fair game, I think. But also, please go and visit our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin, because literally, by you signing up to that platform and becoming a member, not only do you get loads of like extra rewards and you get bonus podcasts and you get behind the scene kind of look into things. You get us commenting on day-to-day news and all that kind of shit in a wonderful group of a community that you want to get involved with, but also it helps keep this thing going. So if you like Sapnin Podcast, you like having us around patreon.com forward slash Sapnin, please. Especially with the new news that the Conservative government wants to get rid of the BBC. Guess what? The BBC's gone, so that'll be BBC podcast and BBC sound's gone. So why not? Keep us afloat. Check out patreon.com forward slash happening, even though we won't be affected by the BBC being closed down by the Tories. But hey, subscription services seem to be the new thing. So get on board now. (laughs) <laughs> please <laughs> please <laughs> listen 
head, right? I tried to say it all nice and fancy, right? And it worked. Please join the Patreon. I'm starving, man. I'm starving. Oh, right. <laughs> Get off to, it, to, steal, to steal one of Tom's favorite phrases, let's get among it and have Tom Deacon on Sapling Podcast, episode 165. Did you say let's get among it or amongst it? Um, oh, yes, amongst it, innit? Yeah, I fucked that up. No, <laughs> no, ta-da, ta-da. Yes, keep on it, you fucker. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'll let it go, Tom. I'll let it go all day. All day, I'll let it go. What? What's happened? Oh, (laughs) fuck off! Fuck off! You just said, you just said to me, you're not as cool as them, so I kept quiet. No, you are (laughs) as cool as them, so yes. So, look, I've got to break, I've got to break the (laughs) podcast magic now. So basically, I said to Tom beforehand, we're going to shout something now, it's up to you whether you do... Brandon Boyd did and Dave Lombardo from Slayer did. And then I told him he's not as cool as them, so he should do it. But now he hasn't done it. And I had a lovely <laughs> intro written out from him that he I'm did. just going to veer away from now. He did. Right? So, no, no, it's too fucking late. <laughs> Reel it in. Calm down with the excitement. This week's guest is TV and radio presenter, comedian, all-round good egg, and he seriously needs an update to his website. It's Tom <laughs> Deacon! Ah, oh, thank you so much for having me. I genuinely was uh, was looking, at, I was Googling at the same time, which is really unprofessional. 
and also checking that 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 I was technically recording myself. So, guys, I'm sorry I missed this happening bit. Um, Yo, I, you if, know, if, no, if, you knew what you were doing. I could turn back time. I can't. Uh, that was a lovely introduction, Sean. Thanks for having me. Um, and um, it's an absolute pleasure to meet you, Morgan. So thank you. Yes. Yeah, thanks for taking the time, man. We've wanted to do this for a while. Sean has mentioned before that there's uh, quite a few stories between you two. And I'm excited to get into what is a hell of a career and resume you have in the world of comedy and presenting. So. Uh, that's, that's very kind, Morgan. It's all gone downhill now. Uh, so uh, actually, <laughs> the week was absolutely clear until this came about. And then that just really cheered me up. I was like, oh, yeah, like reeling out old granddad. Remember the good old days? Um, so I'm, I'm excited to be here. And also, I like the fact that Sean uh, basically crowbarred me in and Morgan's got, yeah, fine. All right, we'll have him on. Uh, that's no, fine. Not at, <laughs> not, not at all. Not at all. We've been talking about doing this one for, so well, since we begin it, since we began, really, it's just been, um, yeah, just working out the time to do it. And because early on, we wanted to do more bands and stuff. And, and now we're, we just want to do people we like more than, more than anything, I think. So, so Tom, yes, for people, for people not listening, could you tell us um uh, not listening oh my god for people listening who um might be unaware of you how they're unaware of you i do not know but could you explain what how did we first meet okay well there there is a an easier question to answer because i would have previously answered you by saying i'm the guy that's done some things that you'll go Oh, really? That's really cool. Um, and, but I don't fit what the image you have in your head. What I've done throughout my career is change how I look quite a lot so that people can't follow me or track me down. <laughs> now that sounds suggestive. It sounds like I've done some bad things. Look, we've all made mistakes, but I am, I am, I am clean. I've got no criminal record. Uh, I started yet. off <laughs> yet. Uh, yeah. If, if the week in my career doesn't pick up, I will go about. I've got a little book of people I didn't like working with and I'll go and get them. No, but Sean, you were one of my favorite people to meet. Uh, I met you in the blackout whilst I was hosting the 519 show, which was a very, very incredibly popular, never won an award and should have done show, which was live 519. Picture it at 519. It was live on the internet, a live show. It was kind of ahead of its time. It was a mixture of a mad, crazy Japanese TV show um, that you see uh, and with bands on guests. And I was the host of it. And then after about a year, uh, they brought in a, a brilliant co-host for me, AJ Adudu, who's now broken her foot, I think, on Strictly. Uh, so she's not in it anymore. But that's how we met. And you were a band. You came to a tiny little basement room. And the beautiful thing was I really got on with you. And I was like, oh, this is what presenting is all about. It's about having a you know, good crack with the guests you're, you're hanging out with. I think we went for a drink afterwards. I was like, this is amazing. This is, this is living. And we've, we've stayed in touch ever since. Oh, I thought you were going to say, but yeah, it turns out that's not the same with every band. It's, it was just you guys <laughs> and presenting's a lie. <laughs> uh, no, I will say this because honestly, that's the best thing about doing, you said about getting people on that you like and you love uh, you know, spending time with. Throughout my career of doing stand-up comedy, presenting, uh, being on radio, the people that you connect with the most, uh, you have the most fun with. And you go, this isn't really a job anymore. This is, this is just me having fun. Oh, amazing. Look at my bank account. I got paid. This is incredible. 
so so when I met you in the blackout, I was like, I think they actually like me. I think I might hang out with them. This is great. And, and we've done that ever since. So uh, and most people turn up, they're the, the full PR, the, you know, they've got their PR agent in the corner of the room. You can't say this, you can say that. And that isn't a fun day, but you still go, oh, I met Justin Bieber. That was pretty cool. Uh, but there was no chance of going for a milkshake afterwards. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, who else was, yeah, who else was on the 519 show? Because I, I saw a JLS were on it. I don't know if uh, everybody is love. You had everyone back then. Taylor Swift, I saw. Like everyone who yeah. was literally massive in like 2000 and. Nine well, I, you know, I, do, I don't like to brand myself as one of 2009's <laughs> biggest stars, but that was yeah. fucking years ago, and I should be dead by now. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. It, it, it is mad when you look back. Uh, it, honestly, for people who've never watched it, don't bother, but, but just imagine it. Imagining it is better. It was a basement <laughs> in the BBC. I think you had Louis Theroux in level three of the building, and we were in the basement. And, and it was like knocking on the door to go, would, would anybody like to come and be part of the audience today? And people would be like, no. And then we started getting guests on like Pixie Lot before, before she had a, a number one hit, I think came on the show. We had, like you say, everyone, Justin Bieber, before he really took off, he was already a sensation, came over with his whole entourage security. Um, and I'm sat on this ropey old sofa having a chat with him. The best thing, and I look back on it, we had a Lexus on fire come in one day. Wow. What? Which was insane. They, they I had a picture with them and I was like, they were really nice blokes. Not as nice as the blackout. Uh, Snog is <laughs> awesome. Yes. Um, oh. He was my number one out of the band. And then <laughs> you add. He's a lot of people's number one. Well, he's, he's great. Uh, you know, um, and then. About two years later, I'm listening to City and Colour going, I'm in a sad mood. Oh, yeah. Running with scissors or whatever. And then and then I went, hang on, who's this lad? Dallas Green. He said, Alexa's on fire. And then I immediately was like, I've met Dallas Green, a.k.a. City and Colour, and I didn't even realise. Like, <laughs> if only I could go back in time and I'd be now like a proper little fangirl just saying, I really love your, your tracks. I really like them. But um, we had Temper Trap come in. Oh, the, the full works. And when they arrived, they went, we need to sack our PR person. Why are we here? Um, but yet, that, that was the that was the magic of it. And then that's what took me on to go and do Radio One. I brought the Five Nineteen show onto Radio One, and um, uh, it was on BBC Two on a Saturday as well. The Five Nineteen show. So yeah, it, it was it was cheap. Uh, it was it was it was bonkers. And um, yeah, it gave me my break. I guess so. I, so I'm mm. very grateful for it. Was uh, was Justin Bieber the one that had the most kind of entourage or anything come in, or did, did someone top that, or did someone have something a little bit weirder? We normally had quite a lot of uh, like, like grime artists that would come down, um, and they would bring an unnecessary amount of entourage, and there weren't enough seats for the the crew there. Well, I, I remember doing a show where looking round. It was, I just look around the room and I'm just seeing people look awkwardly, like leaning against the wall in a tiny little basement. His name will come to me, but that was bonkers. And also what was in like Jedward, like why were they on the show? Like they were huge. <laughs> we felt we hit the, hit the jackpot when like Jedward, Jedward are coming here. Jedward are coming here. And I wish they hadn't. God, they were tedious uh, and oh. annoying. They were awful. Were they? <laughs> they were awful. Uh, isn't it mad to think that back then, 
like you were like fucking hell Jedward are coming on but you had Justin Bieber yeah and it's like yeah look at him now yeah. look at him now look at him now unbelievable oh, it's mad when, when Justin Bieber came along and he was uh, I don't know how old he was maybe like 14 13 tops and he had this huge security with him and I was like oh Justin is it okay I just get an autograph from my cousin who's a big fan of yours and the autobiography book uh, and he's only 14 and, uh, and so he signs it he looks at this gold pen and he looks at me, he goes, and then he looks at his security. He's like, I like this pen and threw it to his security. Right. And I bought that right from WH Smith's. And that is, that is an expensive gold and silver combo that I think it was about eight pounds and he's rubbed it off me and, uh, never forget that. You never forget the moment when someone steals a pen off you. Justin Bieber. So Justin Bieber owes you a pen. I can't believe. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Well, we'll bring this up with him when he comes on, I guess. When he, when he eventually comes on, I'll, because he's bound to remember it. No, everybody remembers their first gold and silver pen. So I reckon he still got it. I reckon he carries it with him every single day as a reminder. That what if it turns him. out he's written he's written all his hits with our pen? <laughs> well, that means Tom's do like royalties, surely. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was gold a magic royalties. pen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally, uh, baby, oh. baby royalties. What, um, one, oh. one, of mad, one of the mad things about it, though, if you imagine, uh, so I didn't listen to a lot of the pop artists that we would interview uh, in, in my everyday life. And I was going up and down the country doing stand-up comedy clubs where I was, you know, dropping C-bombs here, F-bombs, and couldn't, obviously I wouldn't dream of doing it while I was at the BBC, but I had this kind of alter ego. I was like the 519 show host uh, at 519. As soon as we were off air, I'm on a train heading up to Leeds, Birmingham, wherever I was gigging, and then um, cussing, swearing, being doing my material so I was kind of like two different people. And what was m- mad about that is, is the pop artist that we had on, like the squeaky cleanness, uh, kind of the, the vibe that it was. That was quite odd to, to kind of go through. Then you would be chatting to Selena Gomez and next thing you've got Taylor Swift on. And then I'm telling someone in a, in a crowd, he's an absolute wanker. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my head was, was screwed. But what we did have was, was so many great guests on uh, that all, brought something and yeah but it was great what, what did you make of it then sean when you came oh i loved it i i felt like it had a big breakfasty vibe to nod back to the breakfast i guess um yeah it was it was fun i just remember like you and aj were fun like because we d- we done other things where like we done like local news and stuff and everybody's so serious all the time and they're all like oh well do we have the blackout from earth and it's just so boring but this was like a breath of fresh air, I guess, to everything we'd um, we'd kind of done pri- prior to that, and for us to be kind of considered as like it's probably one of the first times we were considered as a viable musical artist, maybe rather than just like <laughs> some goths from over there. Like there was like, oh, the Blackout are on this thing that also the massive Jedward are on. Maybe Sean could be the third member of Jedward if he keeps going. This is what I was thinking at the time. Um, but yeah, it like that sadly never came about. But um, but you imagine, Morgan uh, uh, and everyone listening, that, that we had this feature on the show, which was called Which is the Nib, right? It, it put it into context for you. You've got a band on that out of nowhere, I would turn to them and say, which is the nib? And I'd hold uh, a biro at them, which has got two lids on. <laughs> <laughs> 
And you had yeah. no you had no way of knowing which end the nib was, right? <laughs> so the whole audience that were from upstairs at BBC Switch, which was a a kind of website, they had like Kelly Osborne on this weird sort of world. I'm shouting at people, which is the nib? Which is the nib? <laughs> right. After I'd asked them, oh, tell me about your new single. And then I would <laughs> shout at them, which is the nib? And I think the blackout really, yeah, as, as guys really got on board and, and got it. But you know what? I, what I was trying to say about this, the, the squeaky teen thing was, I remember going along to Leicester Square for the Jonas Brothers uh, movie coming out. And Disney contacted me and said, oh, would you like to introduce um, to these incredible fans who have been so lucky to be there at the premiere? Uh, would you like to introduce the Jonas Brothers on, on stage, which isn't a stage. It's just a cinema in the middle of uh, Leicester Square. And I said, yeah, of course. I did not know. I've never heard screams like <laughs> oh, it. Yeah. Right? They, were, they yeah. were at the height of their fame. And I walk out and you've got all these girls, like it's mainly predominantly girls. I'm not, you know, saying that, but I'm sure there was a couple of lads there as well uh, who were very excited for the Jonas Brothers. I met them about two minutes before. I was like, hi, I'm Tom. Uh, I don't know what the names are. Billy, Bob, whatever their names were. <laughs> <laughs> not, nice lads. That's uh, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I don't trust anybody who says croissant. So anyway, uh, they, <laughs> they were there. And then I walk out and I'm saying, uh, guys, um, thank you so much for coming to the premiere. Bit of rustling, a bit of excitement. And then I say, just as a treat, actually, um, would anybody like to meet the Jonas Brothers? Ah, like the noise, and I'm sure you've had it at a gig, Sean, like the noise went into my head. I couldn't actually hear myself think like, like it's that real, it's gone beyond something where my body was like, I was having a panic attack. I didn't know what was happening. And I went, here they are. And no one heard. And, I, and they walked on, waved at everybody and then left. And you're just like, what is this world? Uh, and then and then I'm being told to to get off the stage in London about an hour later. And I'm like, guys, you don't know the power that I have. I just introduced the Jonas Brothers on stage. So <laughs> Respect me. I know Nick. I've met Nick, I think one of them's called. Other times that Sean's been part of my life, not only going to Cardiff uh, to, to, to meet up after the Glee performing at stage uh, there, um, was also, do you remember doing the zoo? Was it called Zoo 8? festival it's, it's voted as one of the top 10 worst music festivals ever uh, where, <laughs> was that because we were on either no was that, was no it? wait oh, okay. there's more to it than that uh there was a water shortage uh one of the stages wasn't uh safe uh secu- um, like health and safety wise uh i think dizzy rascal pulled out last minute so everyone was there looking very feral like a refugee camp and i think in the background i was interviewing funeral for a friend who were lovely really nice lads and i think you were there sean you must have been and we went on a safari little because cr- it was at a zoo <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, have I, is this is this is a dr- it sounds like a dream to be honest i'm not gonna lie yeah, to you. If, <laughs> if the show if the show was as bad as the festival you're describing oh I've it was probably awful. yeah i probably well, well whoa i'm on about us tom what do you mean you, you watched us and we were that bad no, no I, do you know what i don't even know whether you performed you were gonna perform but everything got cancelled it was one of those gigs where a lot of artists arrived and then things got cancelled and you, I think you were genuinely just there. And then the, we, we went on a safari little tour around the zoo because it was in an actual zoo um, for the, for the, for the fans attending. They were treated like zoo animals and then you had actual zoo animals. Madness. So uh, Morgan, I basically kept bumping into Sean Reading and Leeds Festival okay. when I was doing the comedy there. So yeah. 
Yeah, but speaking that kind of like a juxtaposition from those early days as well between the comedy and presenting, really, you've combined that a lot throughout your career. And just looking at some of like the highlights of jobs in the past, obviously you've worked for BBC Radio 1, you've done loads of football and sport orientated stuff with BT and obviously Southampton and all that, which we will get into. But just kind of presenting versus comedy, do you really see it as a different side to you for both? Like what's the kind of different aspects for you getting into those two different roles? Um, I, th- I think it, it was just an audience. It's just another audience if I, if I really think about it. And it's not the yeah. first time I've been asked this and I should really learn a stock answer. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, how I feel about it, I think my mind changes on it all the time. And, and where I'm currently at is when I'm presenting, I've still got an audience. So I know I'm not, being the stand-up comic, but I'll still try and have a few, because it's in my nature, I'll, I'll try and crack a joke here and there, uh, which is not appropriate all the time, uh, but, uh, but, but that's in my nature. Um, and that's kind of how my presenting style is. But then stand-up is kind of a, a different part of me that when I'm on stage and it's going really well, I'm like, why is this not being filmed? More people need to see this. you know. <laughs> so um, yeah, it, the, the presenting is part of my brain, whether it's the learning the lines, interviewing people. I think they're all part of, or maybe I learned my stand-up became a little bit more like my presenting style, quite conversational with crowds. Um, so maybe they went hand in hand together. But I think being a good presenter or a good um, interviewer is building up a rapport quite quickly. And, and I've always been good at that uh not every gig uh some people definitely back me up on that you were terrible <laughs> at that one but, but i was able to, to to build up a quick rapport i was likable always likable i guess so um but yeah i, I loved both of them presenting pays far more and um, <laughs> and stand-up comedy doesn't but i love yeah. being a stand-up comic so you know it's hard making a living as a stand-up it's the number one question taxi drivers tend to ask uh, what do you do then stand-up can you make a living out of that? How are you finding Uber, mate? How are you finding Uber these days? You know, we just fire something back just to wind them up. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Was it like so ever since I've known you, I've just felt that you are you are a comedian. Was it was that, or you've always wanted to be a comedian? Was that yeah. what it was growing up? So it's comedian first, and then whatever. Yeah. After then, I definitely wanted to be a, a stand-up comic. Um, I've been going to watch it. Like my stepdad really got me into comedy, watching different acts and going to watch live comedy um as much as i could down where i lived in southampton and then when i went to university i was like i want to do stand-up comedy and people were like yeah but the one thing is you're not funny and i was like oh i'll prove you i'm gonna prove you wrong i'm gonna work hard at this and uh and yeah so i started doing the middle spot or the, the new act part and um it wasn't until i met tom stayed at a particular gig and I'd watched him like when you're into something, you just consume everything. So I'm watching the comedy store live where Tom Stade was on. And he had this, uh, if, if you've not watched Tom Stade, definitely go and go and watch him. And um, is he the, um, the American chap? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. Like, I met like, him at the Kerrang Awards once, I think. He's, um, he's, he's Canadian kind of like, Oh, sorry. No, don't offend me. Uh, but no, if he's listening, he will be furious. <laughs> oh no, no. I, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. It's like when people say like, we've had guests on and go, Oh yeah, I can't wait to come back to England. And I'm like, right. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he's, he always appears like he's pretty high 
amazing comic. And it wasn't till I was, I just done 10 minutes on stage and I knew who was that he was the headliner and he was at the back of the room. He's like uh, pretty funny, Tommy, I liked your stuff. And I was like, <laughs> Oh cool. And I was just at university and he was like, Hey Tommy, do you smoke pot? And I was like, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't, uh, I get, I, I guess, do now, Tom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, what if you do, you know, maybe we could, you know, we could have a chat after the show. I got to go on now. And then off he went. And then I went upstairs and, and was just absorbing all this knowledge from Tom Stade. And then the promoter there was like, are you serious about being a comic? And I was like, yes. And then that's how I was then the MC pretty much all, all the time there. And then went on to do a competition, but yes, stand up comedy is, is what I wanted to do. And, um, yeah, to, to still do it now is 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 pretty cool. I haven't got found out, but that's how I think everyone's brain is as a comic. You're like, one day I'm going to get found out, and then and then that'll be shit. Well, as, <laughs> as a as a comedian, let me ask you this because this is something I've always wanted to know. Obviously, you're a diehard music fan. You know, you're massively into all sorts of bands and stuff. But like, when you're writing, when you're thinking of material for for jokes and whatnot, do you sometimes feel like Bands just write one good song and people want them to play it for 30 years afterwards. That's the one meg, that's all you need is one mega hit. If you have one really good joke, you can't really say it again because especially nowadays if it's gone viral and stuff, do you feel like it's harder to, to come up with material or you find that you're just reading rooms and fight, thinking things up on the spot? Like, how's that process? Uh, no, I, I'm not envious of bands. I know that you're like, if an audience have seen you before, they'll be furious. They're like, oh yeah, so you do that bit. And you almost, as a comic, like, I'm sorry. I mean, I, you know, I mean, most of the rest of us changed. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I didn't, but you did repeat that bit. Uh, because I think the, the, the illusion burst that we are making it up on the spot for a lot of people and, and we're not, we, we write the stuff, we'll try it out at certain gigs and then perfect it. Um, and then not do it for a couple of years and then go back to a gig and go, I'm going to redo that bit. And they go, I saw this bit. Uh, and I was like, yeah, but I haven't been doing it for the last two. Anyway. And bands are talented. They learned how to play a musical instrument and I didn't. So, uh, for that reason, it is difficult. It is difficult. I think you have to be passionate about something to write about it or something happens and you elaborate on it. But then what you do as a comic or, uh, is you, you don't push yourself anymore. So like Edinburgh Festival, uh, and that's a way to get around it, Morgan. So I haven't done the Edinburgh Festival or written a new show for a while. And therefore I can get away with, with not changing my material. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it is something I, I, I do need to, to work out. I think if you, if you, like whether you're a musician or, or uh, I don't know, whatever you do, you keep working at it. Um, and the times when you're not working at it, you know that you're getting a bit stale. And as a performer, I, like I might have a really, really good gig and my girlfriend will be like, oh, how was it? And I'm like, yeah, but it, I know I can do that material. I know that can go really well. I want to work on the new stuff and I want that to work. And she's like, well, why don't you do it? And it's easier said than done because you do not want to die on stage or you don't want it to go wrong. But if you, unless you do push yourself, you don't write new stuff. So, um, I'm, and then for me, my, my material or style is always about what's happening in my life right now. So, uh, moving into a new house and getting a dog and I write this stuff down and I'm like, Oh, that's really funny. And then my girlfriend's like, why didn't you try it? And I was like, cause I don't think anyone wants to hear about this shit. <laughs> so, so the writing process can be away from the stage and then having the bottle to go and do it. So, um, it, yeah, it's tough. Sometimes it's easier. Yeah. How many times do you, rewrite the joke 
Or, yeah, is there one that you've got that you've written 10,000? Or is there a joke that you've got that you haven't uh, said on stage yet that you've, you've been trying for ages to finish? There was one for a while, which was about giving up sugar. Um, that classic rock and roll stuff that I talk about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, the big laughs. The yeah. big laughs. Yeah. Give it up sugar. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. Anybody ever try to give up sugar? Damn, it's Moorish. Am I right? It's more addictive than cocaine. Am I right? Anyway, so uh, I did. I tried, uh. to give up, I tried to give up sugar. And my girlfriend By was swapping like, it for cocaine. Yeah, and actually, I've lost a lot of weight uh, as well. Yeah. <laughs> I've noticed I get more tasks done. Yeah, I'm more focused. Yeah. I'm very um, alert. I'm really into stuff. <laughs> Guys, let's do this more. Let's not stop. Let's do the tidying up of the new house. And let's not stop. Let's not stop tidying up. Um, why is the... Oh, here's a good, I got a good idea. I've had a good idea. I've had a good idea. Here's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> let's pull off the skirting board because we need to paint all the wall um, yeah listen I, I do a bit of material about sugar and the whole concept was i had a dream i'd given out for three days and i was really struggling and part of that relationship that i love when you're in a relationship the, you're the person you love taunts you a little bit like you're gonna fail you're not gonna survive this and just eat the sugar you know stop moaning about it everyone no one wants to hear about you've had three days giving up all sugar and i'm talking nature's candy as well so fruit and um i um i had a dream and uh basically (laughs) (laughs) sorry you had me then yeah no i knew yeah when he said nature's candy i knew what you were talking about but yeah nature's candy so fruit. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> Sorry, you had me. You had me then. Sorry. <sighs> well, you know. Anyway, so um, I gave it up, and I have a dream. And in that dream, uh, I walked towards a man who's naked and uh, was a rex, and he had hundreds of thousands on his uh, P <laughs> So I tell this story on stage, and uh, it's a genuine true story. And basically, I I put the uh, I put the the big D in my mouth, all, but I took it all the way. I took it all the way because I was trying to get to the area towards the, the back bit, which has got the most surface area. So I'm trying to explain this story and there's little punchlines in it. And honestly, for a good five or six gigs, couldn't get, people were just like, why are you telling us this? But this, <laughs> this is and, therapy, Tom. Yeah, but there is a punchline. There is all of this, blah, blah, blah. But it takes a while. So I'm not a comic that writes down the, the pullback. I don't write the, the joke out. I act it out. I suppose that, that lends itself to my presenting style. I'm with the audience telling them stuff and then going, that's a great way to say it. Try and say it the same way next time. And then I add in little things because I Im- improvise bits. Um, yeah. and so then, do you ever write anything down? Um, no. <laughs> so, um, so I worry about, you know, forgetting shit, uh, a lot. Um, I, I have a notebook where at the gig I'll jot down a keyword. So sugar, that is a reminder of putting a dick in, in my mouth. And then, and then, uh, I'll, I'll to a keyword. And then because I'll then go to the next gig afterwards and go, that worked really well. So write down the word. So, so basically if you go back to a material book from two years ago, I look like Rain Man because all I've done is from one (laughs) gig to another, I've just written down the same keywords and then added a bit, oh, say this line, that works. And then turn the page and then I've got another bit 
same words written down. Oh, that bit, don't do this bit. So it's kind of like a, me- and a, a year later, I'm not doing the same set, but it's, it's changed. And then I have to kind of go back and listen to recordings of myself to go, why, am, why have I stopped saying that joke? That's really funny. But it's always sort of changing is, is my excuse. Yeah. Yeah. So basically your comedy is like your hair because that's always changing as well from, uh, from some of the very big emo <laughs> hair I've seen from back in the day as well. Yeah, it was, it was, it was some long hair. Uh, and for no good reason, I grew a soul patch. Um, Ooh, I f- remember that. The, the flavor saver. Yeah, I got a <laughs> The flavor saver. Yeah, when you eat yourself, it saves the flavor of Um, yeah, I was watching, um, I was watching the Dave's One Night Stand earlier. Uh, where you came on to some brilliant, I don't know what the <laughs> intro music was, but fucking what a rocking riff I was. If I was everybody listening to this. Yeah. Yeah. If I was everybody listening to this, I'd go and listen to that after this, I would. Um, 100%. But, but I remember telling you, they were like, what intro music do you want? And I was like, who can, who do I like? The Blackout. I love, I love them. Uh, and it, and it, it made me, made me feel cool. As I walked out. Oh no, but I, yeah, I was blown away because I watched that on TV and I remember going, that's a fucking suck. Cause like we've been, we've been on a couple of things. I think the only other thing, it was probably a year or two later, we were on, um, we were on an advert for Duck Dynasty. Remember that program? That got me excited as well. But, uh, yeah, your hair on that one night, uh, that one night stand is, um, Lego-ish. Should we say yeah. this? Uh, I, th- I mean, there was an era of it. Uh, I remember. Oh, good, we all had it. Yeah, yeah, we all had a mad mm. fringe and a good, good mate of mine, Chris, Chris Ramsey. Uh, when we were living together in Edinburgh with Ed Gamble as well. What a weird setup. What that a was. house that is. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, Chris Ramsey, Jimmy McGee, who's a fantastic comic as well, and Ed Gamble. Just like this is that was that was a highlight. That was one of the best Edinburghs I ever had. And then Chris would always have the straighteners on. And he'd be like, mate, mate. Um, and then that, or his GHDs weren't working. I was like, I'll lend you mine, mate. I mean, we were cool dudes. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I remember that. That was, that was um, Greg Davies. Uh, Roisin Connerty was the other act on. And she didn't have a particularly good, good, good set, um, which in the world of comedy, there's no um, meritocracy. Like, it doesn't matter how good you're doing. And I'm not just saying this, Roisin, because I think she's fantastic. But you could be smashing gigs up and down the country, and people don't do not give a fuck. Like TV producers or anything like that don't care. You're either the right fit, what they're looking for. And I've not even got to the stage where I'm ripping all the rims. But when I do, I'll still complain about the fact I've not been on TV recently. But but I got this opportunity. Dave's one night stand. Come on with with Greg Davis, and the warm up was Ed Gamble. Uh, you had Jason Cook was the actual warm up bit, but Ed Gamble went on before anyone else. Um, and just like, it's incredible to see where he's at now and, and stuff like that. But yeah, some odds choices, chinos, an odd top, uh, a jumper actually, and some dodgy New York jumper. Yeah. Yeah. Which I used to have, an, which, 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 which I used to say, oh, I've not, I've not even, not even been to New York. Uh, there's something stupid about, I'd go, oh yeah, this top. Yeah. Never even been to New York. And then I'd move on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah oh. that is that is weird because I don't own a dog uh, <laughs> 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 give me one second <laughs> give me one second
No one else had a delivery at quarter to one in the morning before. I mean, in the afternoon. That's that's why the dog went off, went nuts. But you know, you know what was you know what was weird uh, about that Dave's one night stand. You're going to do 20 minutes set. They're going to edit it down to 12 minutes, and I had to write up every blimmin' joke that I was going to do. And I and I about about a minute or two into doing that laborious task because I don't write down my t- my material. I was like. I might not do this. I can't be bothered. I cannot be bothered. <laughs> and then I was like, how much am I getting for this? They were like, quite a lot. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still, yeah, I'll type that out. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that out. That's wicked. What's the, yeah. what's, the, what's the check? Oh, yeah. Okay, fair. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, nah. then, and, and then doing, another, the only other TV bit was a Rob Bryden show uh, where Tom Jones was on that night and oh, David Williams. That's not, yeah. That's not unusual. <laughs> right thank you very much that was Tom Deacon I'm off see you later boys <laughs> fucking hell Morg you absolute prick um, yeah did you get to meet uh, did you get to meet uh, Sir Tom yeah he, he came to the door of his uh, dressing room and I said hi I'm Tom he says I'm Tom and then that was it was like, <laughs> bit of bants isn't it we had- <laughs> we had a great time. like at that point I just like ah oh, I know we're going to be mates and that's the thing like I said at the beginning of this it's all about this the job that I've done presenting is when you meet someone you're like ah oh, I'd love to go for a pint with them or hang out a little bit longer the, the um, Jeff Bridges now there is the coolest guy that I was like ah oh, can I hang out a little bit longer with you and uh, I think I ruined it by asking oh by the way can I get an autograph from my mum. Uh, big fan of Tron from the 80s Uh, yeah (laughs) but like you know when she's got all yeah she's got all the outfits she fucking loves a bit of neon she's wild (laughs) what what, what would you what would you say is like the the maddest experience with that like being in the same presence as someone or working with uh, an opportunity that you were just like how the hell am I got here like how the hell am I in the same room as Tom Jones or Justin Bieber, like, is there anything like that that comes to mind? Well, th- I'm doing Radio 1 when I, uh, maybe, I don't know how I ended up on Radio 1. It was because Radio 1 at the time were trying to sound and get more young people listening. Uh, so, and oddly enough, uh, Sean is the reason I got that job because I got him on to do a demo, didn't I, Sean? I said, I was like, oh, would you mind doing oh. this demo? And I'd done two before. And then this one, I was like, just... My producer has always said to me at Radio 1, they're like, just be yourself. And I'm like, I can't swear though. And they're like, yeah, yeah, but minus that, just be the... And that was one thing that I always struggled with. Uh, it was like being yourself. What is myself? What's my unique selling point? All of that, those jargon words. But yeah, I did a demo with Sean, loved it, had a lot of fun. And they were like, brilliant. That is great. And I was like, oh, you really liked it? And they're like, yeah, but we'd like you to do a teen-based show. And I was like, oh, God. Which, which was which was hard again it was being that two personalities i guess um but all the people we'd meet there just the other djs like zane Lowe or fern cotton or um joe wiley you know pete song was in the building um and it like uh, giles peterson i've been meeting all these people going i shouldn't be here how how <laughs> am i here um so you get that kind of imposter syndrome and i'm surprised that lasted as long as i did on there but Lots of celebs, like huge people, like Katy Perry chatting to Katy Perry. And you're just like, that's mad. Like you're Katy Perry. And then (laughs) 
what? And then my mouth's moving and I've asked a stupid question. She just looks at me in a PR like, who's this guy? And I'm like, I know, I know. I asked the same, same things. <laughs> I like the idea of, uh, yeah, that Radio 1 demo. They were like, oh, this is brilliant. Tom, this is, this is the demo you've sent in. I really, really love this. I love your aura. I love the energy you're giving off. I even love the fact that you've done a Welsh accent all the way through it. <laughs> And they've hired the wrong fucking person. Oh, it was meant to be me. <laughs> no, I, I, I was, I, but then, you know, you came on the show a few times, Sean, and, and, um, it, it, it's mad Morgan, like to, to, to feel like this lad from Southampton and all my mates, I remember the first day, like first ever radio show was back in 2010 and my football team, my beloved Southampton were at Wembley that day. And that was going to be my first show. And so uh, they won in a, ter- in, a, in a very mediocre competition called the Johnston's Paint Trophy. Um, <laughs> they, beat, they, they beat Carlisle 4-1 and I'm watching Oof. it on telly going, I'm about to talk to the nation uh, this evening and I didn't get to go to Wembley, but it was just, it was just mad to be in those s- circles um, and everyone was yeah, like incredibly lovely. But, but yeah, I always, I always got starstruck, like just walking into Radio 1, you're just like, but you had to tell yourself you belong here <laughs> and don't forget, don't swear. Did you ever do, did you ever any make any uh, major faux pas? Like um, on last week's episode of this podcast, uh, we had Grant from Feeder on mm. and I asked him the question and I genuinely swear on my life did not mean it to come out like this. I said, do you, cause I've been asking other bands, do you remember a moment that you were like, oh fuck, we're like a big band now. Right, but I said to Grant, who doesn't like the song um, uh, "Buck Rogers" by Feeder, right? I said to him, "Was there a moment that you were like, boys? I think we're gonna make it." And that's a lyric mm, from uh, wah, that song, wah, and it, uh, yeah, he nearly walked off. He nearly walked <laughs> off, but he was a good sport. But yeah, was there any moments where you interviewed somebody and you were like, "Oh, maybe I shouldn't have asked that," or uh, there is. Um because this is the terror this is the worst anecdote because i can always feel it in my my head so like you don't know the name of the band so this is going to be terrible tom um i I remember well one that comes to mind uh i was getting on quite well with taylor swift um and uh (laughs) that's a sentence yeah um we were we were chatting you know just reporting and she was like that's quite long hair and i'm like yeah what do you make of the silly mustache that goes with it she's like the what and i was like "Ah, don't worry about it and um we're getting on, we're chatting about vintage uh, shopping and stuff like that. She's, she was into that at the time. And then the next time I met her or interviewed her, I said, oh, is there any chance we could go on a date? This was live on, on Radio 1. And she said, oh, tell, tell, tell your girlfriend I say hi, Tom. <laughs> yeah, that was a fight. I, I did it, obviously, for the, for the joke side of things. But at the same mm. time, if she'd have said yes, <laughs> I Yeah, would. imagine you, you, could, you could have been Tom Swift, no? <laughs> I would have lost my own name. That's how powerful she is. <laughs> well, yeah, she, yeah. Obviously, she's not taking anybody else's name, is she? It's like, imagine if you man- marry Beyonce, she'd always be, she wouldn't be Beyonce Deacon moving forward, wouldn't she? She'd be Beyonce. Yeah, I, I've remembered. Do, do you remember the Who's Years? Oh, yes. 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 By Mr. A and all that, yeah. Yeah, well, they came to the to the basement at 519 and... Uh, the, the lead singers walking, walking up because they were recording a bit for BBC Two uh, for the show to go out. And I walked up to him as he was walking past. I was just, oh. And I went, I went to say, was it a one-take wonder? 
But what I actually said... <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> oh. Oh, was it a one-hit wonder? And he looked at me with such disdain, and I didn't realise what I'd said. Um, but I had no... In- there was no malice in it. I genuinely was like, you know, as a presenter, when you get it, you get it in one take, you know, rather than lots of retakes. So telling a band that was a one-hit wonder... One hit wonder, uh, <laughs> idiot. Tom. Well, oh. yeah, either that was a faux pas or you were psychic. <laughs> <laughs> I day, a day who really didn't get on board with, with that vibe was the two door cinema club. They, they, uh, I think they chilled out a bit more. They were very serious blokes. Uh, uh, really lovely. Loved their music. Went and watched them live. Uh, great. But, uh, just stared. I think we had to stop the interview. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> several occasions. Yeah, oh, yeah. We've yeah. had what we, we yeah we had one of them once on this podcast where we were like, oh fuck this, the interview's over then. Do, 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 I, I know that I'm just throwing this out now because uh, no one, no one was going on the Sapnin podcast. Sort of, what's ludicrous? What awkward moments have I had uh, in my career? And there's been a, there's been a quite a lot. But what I've done, and I'm sure everybody does this, I've really buried them deep. Um, and it's not until you get on a podcast and someone says, oh, so tell me about this, that you suddenly remember them. And there's an inner, inner me saying, fuck off, go, go away, go back into the darkness. <laughs> don't, don't, Sorry, shit, Tom. Don't yeah. shed any light. Sorry for that. I remember, and it's still probably online, uh, the day that Gareth Gates came in. Um, now, Gareth Gates had uh, a stammer, right? Uh, and would, would stutter and try and get his words out. But he was cured, wasn't he? Well, that's what we thought. So when, yeah, wasn't he cured? Yeah, he was cured by Jordan, wasn't he? <laughs> no. <laughs> or, was that, or, was that, or was that much later? Didn't he start having sex with Jordan and then his stamina disappeared? I'm sure that's... <laughs> well, but one, it can work miracles, Jordan, but in other ways, it can really ruin a career as Dane Bowers will, will uh, test him. <laughs> so it giveth and uh, taketh away all in one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the power of Jordan the power. right so <laughs> Gareth Gates comes in right and, and I'm not making f- f- a fun of his his stutter his stammer at all but I want you to put into the context he's come on to talk about uh, maybe a new album or he was performing in a West End show so he's come in but unfortunately he's a bit tired and one thing that happens if, if you're under the weather or you're tired stammer or stutter might come out a bit more so we're, we're going live in 10, night, and we had a nice chat with him. He seemed really good. We're live and the, st- the stammer comes back. So the whole reason he's told the media, the press are like, he's lost his stuff. He's, st- he's gone. It's gone. And then live in a show, I'm watching a man not be able to get his words out. And the camera keeps panning to me live. Oh. And I'm, oh. and one thing you're not supposed to do is finish the sentence. So I'm like, I could have helped him at several points. I felt like a strict parent. No, you'll do this on your own. (laughs) (laughs) You can finish his own sentences. So so I'm sat there mortified and the camera crew and everyone that I can see in the corner of my eye is panicking. Like, what do we do? This is a live show. This is a big deal. Gareth Gates is there and he is, he cannot get the words out at all. So we cut to a VT and then immediately, as soon as we're off air, he, um, for that minute, he's just like, fuck, 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 fuck. He can get that word out. And then at which point... It's to wretch, it's fine. Mate, honest, like I've, as a presenter, I didn't know what to do in that moment. And it's still, it's still on, it, it, 
and like that was a, a less I, w- I wasn't a presenter when I started that show but I learned how to be one by making these like these moments make you or break you and I was I was broken after that show like the whole world's gonna see it uh, and they didn't uh, but now I've told people to watch it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> no but that's the, that's the thing with an incident like that because it's, uh, it's something he's he's tried to work on and obviously it, you know there's been a, a whole stigma around it and he's tried to get rid of that yeah. and it's going to be really self-conscious so when it's coming back you must be thinking like all sorts because you don't want to embarrass him and you don't want to no. make him feel bad but at the same time you've got all this pressure of people looking at you and oh it, 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 it like in like sometimes when you're in an interview or you're chatting your head's going a, a million miles an mm. hour and i'm there thinking i've we've we've brought his stammer back like oh like we're gonna get sued or something or or, or and then the other part i'm like this is awful this is awful for him i feel so much for him like and then there's another part of me this is my career over this is over like no one's gonna and i've i i've watched it back once like watching you know when you're like oh mate it it was it was bad for everyone and it was uncomfortable but one hell of an experience that, and, and that's, that's then shivers down my spine, that, that particular <laughs> interview. Um, oh wow. my God, Alive. I thought I'd brought this stammer back. That's the fucking quote of this. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd given Gareth Gates his stammer back. <laughs> oh, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm actually sweating just, just thinking about that. It, it was horrendous. It was a horrendous, like interviews when they're going, going south. You've got you've got a bail on them, uh, but but we couldn't. And um, oh wow! Yeah, especially especially live and under that pressure and everything. I can only imagine. Can only imagine the uh, the, the circumstances there. But on, um, on on a different note, you mentioned your beloved Southampton Football Club. You're yeah. a massive fan of the Saints. Um, obviously, you've worked for them as well. Mm. Um, but I really wanted to ask you about Eurofan. Because this was something that you did for quite a few years and you were getting sent out to all sorts of countries, stadiums, teams, watching games, meeting fans, traveling all over the world, having probably the best football fan experience ever. What was that like? Because you must have just got to experience like these mad things, mad games, seeing different cultures, fans and all that kind of thing along with it. Yeah, it was. It was genuinely the best, the best job I ever had. Um, and, uh, I like genuinely still sad that it, it had to come to an end. And it's the most uh, sort of topic about my career that people are, ask about on Twitter. Like every now and again, you get like, are you going to bring the Euro fan back? It's really not, it's not up to me, but yes, yes. I just <laughs> okay. reply politely. Like I would love to mate. I would genuinely mm. love to. Or when I was, I t- uh, can't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not in the, not in the EU anymore. So I can't, sorry. Yeah, I'm not paying to do it out of my own pocket. Uh, <laughs> But, um, yeah, or, or, or people are like, oh, when I was, when I was at school that, you know, I wanted to be the Euro fan and it sort of inspired people to go and make like their vlogs and, and do it. But yeah, that, that came about from a producer at BBC Switch who went on to work for a football channel called Copper 90. And I kept telling him, uh, about the Edinburgh show that I was doing, which was about completing a football sticker album. And he was like, what are you going to do with that? You sad twat. And then um, I said, well, what am I going to do, mate? I'm going to get it signed. I'm going to travel the world. And he went, good luck getting North Korea signed. And I said, yes, mate, it will be difficult. <laughs> but I'll get it done. <laughs> yeah, I will do it because it's, it, you know. And then um, so he said, oh, but that might actually work out for a show that we've got. Um, we could combine it. And 
that's what happens. So, so imagine my job was to go to a Champions League match, support the home team, hang out with the fans, uh, wear their kit, learn the songs. Um, and yeah, I like went to Spartak Moscow in Russia, drank with the ultras, feared for my life, uh, went to Turkey, thought it was all going to be over. Uh, they're like, are you from Leeds? No, I'm not from Leeds. Yeah, stabby stabby. Like very odd fans. Uh, <laughs> awful. Yeah, like genuinely oh, awful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like genuinely fearing for my life on a few occasions. Um, but as a football fan, to, to, to sort of learn to support another team and actually go through those emotions where you're, you're when they're losing or they, they score a goal, you, you're like, yeah, like I've said that I'm a fan for this 24 hours. And m- my key phrase was, let's get amongst it, um, which, which was my, my uh, phrase, which came about in Moscow because the police were coming and we needed to film that link. So like, Deco, you need to do this at a one-take wonder. And I was like, one-hit wonder. Remember the time I met Uziers? And they were like, not now, not now. So I nailed it. I was like, me, Tom Deco has traveled to the big place. Let's get amongst it. Uh, And yeah, that was coined the phrase. So people resonated with it, loved it, because they're like, you get to go and watch football, support a different team. Um, it was mad and, and going to Brazil, uh, for the world cup and my co-host there was Maya Jama. I don't know if you've, I don't know if she's yeah. still presenting. I don't know what she's she doing. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd never hear it from, right, from, from her, but yeah. I'd imagine she's aged. I'd imagine she's aged terribly and looks awful now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So she doesn't. It, it, it was bonkers and, and brilliant all in the same measure going to, um, Bermuda to watch the island games and be a, you know, yeah. Who knew that happened? Uh, No. (laughs) Did you have to go through the triangle or did you um, Uh, work your way around? But I made it back. Uh, It's much to the disappointment of a few people. Uh, No. (laughs) Friends and family. (laughs) Mainly. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But it was like in Brazil, going to a fat boy slim concert and and hanging out with him before the gig. He is a madman. Um, one of the things I thought was quite weird is his like agent slaps him across the face. It's his tradition. He's like, right, let's come on then. Uh, and then just, yeah, not yeah. And he's like, this is what I do. I've done it for years. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, and then his agent just slaps him across the face and then he's just, you know, eat, sleep, rave, repeat. Uh, I wonder if, <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if that's, um, yeah. I wonder if that's one of those things they used to do back in the house smart in days when he was in the house smart in. It's like, caravan of ah! <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah absolutely bonkers like to the point where you you do meet amazing people i went to malaga that was the first ever champions league game i went to and there's a lot of uh expats that live out in malaga uh and they called the giri army and they they, they took immigrants immigrants they are yeah immigrants. exactly get out but yeah. they've got a strip get of out. english bars which i don't think the spanish want um where people get excited like we've got john smith's on tap have you who cares but <laughs> I, I went out hung out with those fans they took me under their wing and then i went back on a jolly just on my own for one weekend uh, which was all a, a blur there's a guy called spider uh from chumbawamba who lives out there <laughs> what no. yeah. what absolute legend and he, he took me under his wing what happens on the bus stays on the bus madness genuine madness i got in we all had cocktails, um, like bottles of basically hooch uh, to take into the ground and get pissed on. And the guy who carries the Malaga flag from one end of the stadium to the other got denied. He got caught uh, with his drink. So they went, 
Deacon, you're up. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not good. I'm a little bit tipsy. Uh, no, 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 you're going to have to carry the flag. So and we're talking a 10-foot flag. I'm running from one end of the stadium to the other uh, with this flag for 25,000 Malaga fans in the stadium. And they told me, when you get to the other end, just wave it. Just wave it back and forth. The fans down there will let, let you know what to do. And, mate, oh, unbelievable. So, like, to, to do with mad things like that, um, yeah, incredible. And, and then that didn't lead on to working for Southampton Football Club. But uh, obviously being a Southamptoner and being a fan and doing presenting work and work with their charity. And then that, that led to doing the match day hosting uh, and being in the players' tunnel, trying not to to take cheeky photos of Liverpool players or <laughs> or, or anyone else, or yeah, just just a mad experience. And as a football fan, oh, it's in- incredible. Yeah, but I imagine as a kid, you know, growing up and, and watching football all the time, to have that kind of full circle moments is just mad to think back on. Yeah, I mean, because in the first Euro fan, when someone would help me to to understand about the home team I was supporting, I'd give them a Saint shirt uh, as a kind of uh, uh, thank you and they'd be like what team is this and I'm like well don't, don't but we, we've never been in the Champions League but don't be a dick about it it's a free shirt do you want it or not you can wear it for five a side why are you being like that but then to, to, to fast forward to, to being in the in the dugout at Southampton Football Club uh, it's just mad like a dream dream come true uh, I meant I didn't have to pay for a ticket which is great because they were terrible at the time but uh, I, I remember getting onto the pitch one time for, when they're doing the warm up. I had to walk across the pitch, and the goalkeeper Kevin Davis, who was the coach now at the time, passed. He deliberately kicked the ball at me, so I've walked past him, and he's deliberately kicked it, and it's missed me. And then I turn back round to look to to look at who's who's kicked the ball, and he does that thing where he just points to his feet, right? So the ball's next to me pretty much. And he's pointing to his feet. So all I have to do is lay the ball back. It was like that one moment as a kid, maybe if I put it right on his feet, they'll sign me. Like I'm in my face. <laughs> yeah. but- I'm coming on. I'm coming on half time. I reckon I'm going to come on. This is it. This is your one moment. Don't, don't, don't fuck it up now, Tom. And I remember I took my time and I placed it and it was like a golf shot. It just curved away from him. Like the last three meters. <laughs> and like my one big moment. And he looked at me and he just shook his head. And, um, <laughs> but then, uh, amazing. Uh, so yeah, I don't get to do it anymore, but yeah, such good fun at the time to, to do that. Here's a question I had about Southampton FC. Have you ever met, um, volley chip up and volley legend slash anti-vax nutter? Matt Lississier, by any chance? Yes, I have. Uh, and How was he? Did he have his um, shiny hat on at the time? Did he have the tinfoil fully on? Listen, or? I will not have anything said about Lagod <laughs> because Lagod was a hero growing up. Oh, yeah. And, mine too. Mine too. Uh, I, was also, I was always disgusted he was never in the England team. But then I found out his opinions and thoughts and I'm like, ah, yes, keep him away from other people for God's sake. I think... What we have to do here, guys, right? And I'm not just backing up my bestie, Matty. Uh, do I have his number? Yeah, I do have his number. The point is, right? <laughs> right? The point is, we must we must distinguish, like, separate the, the, the sportsman from what he thinks, all right? What, what we have to do is we have to, we have to say he was an absolute legend on the pitch and, and ignore the other, the other stuff. But, but no, uh, I, I did meet him. I did meet him at a kit launch. Uh, they got me down to to pretend to be the, uh, I don't know, the, the, the him and Franny Bernardi are Southampton legends. Um, 
And they did a shot with him, Matt Assist, where he's holding a goat because for Southampton fans, he's the greatest of all time. <laughs> They've given me a jacket, proper official Southampton jacket, red one. It's got my initials sewn in. And, uh, and I'm like, this is an awesome jacket. And the, guy, the woman running it was like, yeah, we'll, we'll need all the, the kit back in at the end. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. So I'm in this porter cabin with Matt Latiss and Franny Benali. And uh, they're like, right, that's the, the shoot done. And I'm getting on with them really well. And I'm chatting away. And uh, they start put, taking off their jackets with their initials on. They start putting them in their bags. And I'm like, oh, guys, I was a really uncool kid. I was like, um, guys, <laughs> I, th- I think we've got to give those, we've got to give them we've got to give those back. And Matty Latiss just looked at me and went, no, nah, no, we don't. And I went, you're right. So I took my jacket off. Put it in my rucksack. And I was like, legends. I just got to hang out with Matt Latiss. You know, he's an absolute icon. in Southampton. this is amazing. Get in my car. About 20 minutes later, I get a phone call. Hi, Tom. Um, just couldn't find your jacket. Is there any chance uh, you could deliver it back to the stadium? I was like, oh. So I messaged Matt in. I'm like, they've just asked for my kit back. And all I get is about 20 emojis laughing. And they didn't ask for mine back. And I'm like, ah. Oh. So... <laughs> Legend. He's a, so, he's, a legend. Uh, so he's always been giving terrible, terrible uh, 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 advice to people. So he's constantly been telling people to take the wrong things when they shouldn't be taken or or, ta- or not taken them when oh. they shouldn't be taken up. I get it. It's a running theme with Letizia. <laughs> but fair play to him. He can chip the ball up and volley it into the top right or left-hand corner like nobody's fucking business. Uh, he's, it, sometimes uh, any new relationship I've got into, I say, oh, do you like football? I'm like, listen, let's watch... Matt Letiz's 100 greatest goals together. I watched that. I must have watched that. Yeah, sometimes he was fucking in, unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's either cat YouTube videos or it's Matt Letiz's 100 goals. And do you know what? At the end of January, I'm doing an in-conversation with Matt Letiz. And the same, yeah, the same questions go through my head. Like, I don't necessarily agree with what he thinks, but yet I still have to do an interview with him and, uh, and talk about his playing career and then talk about what he's up to now and try to avoid talking about uh, uh, Twitter. But, but yeah, um, but, but fascinating when you have to, as, as an interviewer, what, what's my responsibility? In the same way that when I was on Capital, uh, was it okay for me to play Chris Brown? Uh, like, I, I don't know. Like, in that, in that same thing where you're like, so, so my only way as I never back announced Chris Brown. And I think that's made a massive difference, guys. And I think we can all agree that my little bit of work here and there has, has played a massive part in Chris Brown's career. <laughs> I didn't, well, yeah. Well, yeah, he was finished up until then, I think. And then, you know, between you and little Dicky, I think you've really revived his, uh, you've revived Chris Brown. So um, if anybody's got a problem with that, um, direct it at Tom Deacon Comedy <laughs> on Twitter. It's so nothing to do with me or Morgan. <laughs> I don't know how this has gone. This has gone way off the rails. But um... Yeah, you're something I wanted to ask, Tom. Who are some of the f- your favourite comics growing up? And uh, how did you discover them? Uh, I, th- I think I, s- I said earlier that my stepdad watching comedy with him uh, loved Harry Hill, loved Jack D. Getting to work with Jack D was like brilliant because I'd, I'd, I'd gone to, you know, like queued up after the show at Brighton um, and got an autograph. And I was like, it's Jack D. I've got my, my pro. Who buys a comedy program? This dickhead here <laughs> buys a comedy program. £10 for that shite. Anyway, uh, got it signed. And then to work with him years later, um, yeah, amazing. So, so I still uh, love it. And I only saw him... Maybe about four months ago, he was doing 
a, a work in progress show in front of 60 people. Epic, like one, one of the legends. Um, but then I liked Louis CK and I can't, I can't like him anymore. Um, yeah, you can't admit to that anymore, yeah. which is a shame because I listened to him the other day. It's fantastic. Or I didn't listen to him the other day. Depends on how opinionated <laughs> the listeners are. <laughs> well, uh, but yeah, but, 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 and I'm not going down this route, but it's only because we just talked about it two seconds ago. It, it, it is, I remember being at a London members bar and he was over in the corner with a little entourage of people. And this was before we knew what we know now. And yeah, he didn't have his cock out, did he? Yeah, he wasn't touching himself while talking to other people, uh, putting them in an uncompromising situation, right? Yes, we all know what happened, right? Yeah. Wrong. But the comedy itself is very funny. So anyway, which is also weirder when he does the simulation of uh, wanking in his stand-up now, which I can't watch. But the point is, he's over in the corner of the room and I had that moment as a, as a fan of his, do I go over or do I not go over? And I played it out. Uh, my mate who was with me was like, just go over and say you're a comic. I thought, well, that's a weird conversation start, isn't it? Hi, Louis CK. I'm a stand-up comedian. My name's Tom. Nice to meet you. I love your work. And then go, or I go over and say, I'm really fan of your work. Like, so I just didn't go over. And uh, so looking back on it, I made the right call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, technically. But yeah, we've mentioned on this show before because of, Obviously, we had Stuart Richardson from um, Lost Profits on one of our earlier episodes. Fantastic episode. Talk about Lost Pro. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. Much. Thank you very much. And and we talk about um, how we don't kind of want Lost Profits to be a dirty word because you know we separate. We can separate them, those five, and the music from that one cunt. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and I'm glad you said that because I listened to that episode, which I love with your podcast and I'm, and I've, I'm sorry I've said it so late into chatting with you guys, but I love it from when I'm doing stand up gigs and I'm traveling that I listen to you guys and I'm able to like, you're in the car with me. That's the, the beautiful thing. So listening to that episode, I found it absolutely fascinating and, and it was really insightful. And, and I remember Sean, you might not remember this, but the union chapel you were on with lost profits and King blues, King blues. Uh, they were awesome. And I remember hanging out with you afterwards um, in that sort of green room. And, and yeah, it was just like an amazing gig. It's in a church in, in London. It's and you're like, oh, I was thinking, do I mention that gig, but just not mention who the last band were on? You know, and you go through your, your head. But I, I think with, with anything like the Louis Saker thing, you have to confront it. Amazing comic. But he's done some shit and he's, he's, he's fucked up. And, and I know that he's maybe on the comeback. I, I don't know. But sometimes it's not for me to judge. But your question was, who's the funniest comedians I liked growing up? Louis C.K. was, was one of them. Um, I even like Lee Evans. I've gone through uh, like a, my taste buds have changed uh, <laughs> uh, to, to someone now like, you, you know, Tom Stade. I absolutely uh, adore watching him uh, live. So, um, so yeah. Like you said, with t- taste buds changing, I think, yeah, I think that's happened with my... Because like, I used to hate Lee Evans with a passion. Like, I get, oh, he's just funny and running about. Oh, he's not even, yeah, it's not even funny. He's just trying to be funny and running about. But yeah, now, as I've grown older, I I, I get it and I understand what he was doing. And uh, yeah, I just remember when, when I was a kid, I remember getting into comedy through, like, like I said, like parents watching stuff. And I remember Dave Allen and uh, Jasper Carrot. I remember being surprisingly big into Jasper Carrot for somebody who's 10. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. Go on, Morg. Sorry, man. 
<laughs> no, but Tom, I've, I've absolutely loved this conversation. Thank you so much for opening up on, on so many different insights into your life and career and everything. But just before you go, I mean, we've talked about so many mad experiences and I was going to bring up one video I did see of you interviewing Bo and sat on a sofa, sat between Robbie Williams and Terry Henry, mm. which is must, a weird sentence. But like, oh, of when course. You, <laughs> yeah, well, the dynamic duo. We're, we're on that. That was uh, because moving into esports for a little while and hosting F1 esports, that's kind of the job I do now. Um, so during that, the, that old pandemic that we're still technically in, but not, um, uh, there was no live sport. So they did this virtual Grand Prix and that was mad. Like I'm hosting on Sky Sports main event, like, because there's nothing else on. And then it's my stupid face pops up. And then I couldn't believe it. I'm on Sky Sports. I'm not in a Sky Sports studio and I'm not on Sky Sports money, but I, there I am on Sky Sports and I message my mates. I'm like, done it. Look at me on Sky Sports. And my best mate, and I think you've got to surround yourself with good people. He replied, he went, look at you on Sky Sports. Just think it only took a pandemic. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Think how many people have died for this to happen, Tom. And I, I oh. took it on board, but. The, the, that the Gfinity, the, the people who made that, they did an Amazon Prime Day, and they were like, "We're going to get some of the biggest stars, Anthony Town, uh, the basketball player, NBA." They had Letitia Buffoni, they had Mo um, Mo Farah, uh, who my opening comment was like, "Mo, question for you, right?" Because sometimes I get quite confident, like I know these people. He pops up, and I'm like, "Mo, uh, question for you." what do you think about when you're running? Because I did a 5k today and I found it very difficult. And my girlfriend who was there with me was like, you're an idiot. Like Mofa. And he was like, Oh, I don't know. Really. And I'm like, do you listen to music? Do you, what, what goes through your head? Cause I can't about 4k in. I was, <laughs> this is one of the best long distance runners being asked a stupid question by me. And Robbie Williams is there. So uh, here's a qu- quick back date. Doing that copper 90 Euro fan show. I went to America and managed to, piss off Thierry Henry quite badly uh, to the point where he refused to do an interview with me. Um, it's got, I think, about a million views on YouTube. Uh, we went to a hotel trying to pretend that we were looking for Thierry Henry, knowing that he wouldn't be there, but actually he is actually in the reception with um, uh, Australian um, footballer Tim, uh, Tim Cahill, um, angry little terrier man. And my cameraman who's with me just starts filming over at them Tim Cahill comes over and he's like, what are you filming for? And I was like, oh, we're just doing this show, Copper 90. Um, it's, it's just like, because we were hoping to meet Thierry and he's it's like, can I possibly get an autograph? He's like, no, and if you don't stop filming, I'll wrap the camera around your head. Um, so, okay, cool, that's gone well. And then we saw him another couple of days, hated me. The point is, fast forward to when I'm meeting him, luckily he didn't remember. So because I've changed my haircut and my, <laughs> the way I look, I've got away with it. And as you say, it's sandwiched between him and Robbie Williams. And when I met Robbie Williams, uh, I got introduced as Tom, but he called me Chris. And that's how I'm remembered now to Robbie Williams. Every time he'd see me during that live show, he'd be like, Chris, you're doing such a good job. And I was like, thank you, Robbie. I really appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Gary. Cheers, buddy. Oh, yeah. That could have been. But, with, but with all that as well, I mean, what else can we expect Coming up with you now, what's the rest of 2022 looking like? Yeah, because I, I read I read that before the pandemic, you were set to record your first stand-up special. Yeah, yeah, wasn't I just? Um, I was off to New Zealand, going to do a, a new show uh, called Rapture. Um, and then I sort of... Sta- the Rapture came? Yeah. 
<laughs> Isn't it ironic? Oh, <laughs> don't you think? Um, I uh, yeah. So so that was going to be on next up. I was going to record that, and um, like the likes of you know the, the big stand up comics, they record a new hour and then burn that material. I've been in this kind of limbo where I haven't been able to burn it or get rid of it. So I'm still doing it because it's not out there. Um, so yeah, I, I hope that that will come around again. Um, and other things, more presenting jobs, hopefully, uh, will, will come up and, um, yeah, it's just a day-to-day struggle guys. So if you want an average comedian for, I don't know, your bar mitzvah or your wedding, just get in touch with my agent and he takes a fat 40%. So yeah, let's, uh, let's make everyone happy. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, like, like, like every year for a comic, it's just about getting gigs and I would love to record that, uh, our show and, and put it out somewhere and yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, fingers nice. crossed that can happen for you, man. Um, yeah, thank you so much for taking the time for doing this. It's been lovely um, my behalf to meet you. I've loved these stories. And I know Sean's really enjoyed uh, taking a trip down memory lane with you as well. Yes, this has been fucking fantastic, Tom. Um, thank you for everything. Thank you for the friendship. Thank you for the laughs. And yeah, I just love fucking seeing you. And I love hanging out with you. And there's the dog. <laughs> Just on time, just to say that that's you've you've had an hour and twenty minutes or so now. I need to go outside in the rain and have a walk because um, that's my life now. That's another part of twenty twenty two is having a dog that debilitates your life. Um, but that's that's my girlfriend's choice, and and it was my choice as well, apparently. So so the point is, we've got the dog now, and I am yeah. I'm enjoying my life. Uh, no, genuinely, an absolute Good. pleasure, gentlemen, to be on to be on the show and. Um, uh, you're doing amazing stuff. And um, hey, definitely next time I'm doing a live gig, which is in Cardiff very shortly. Come along. Yes, mm. yes please, please do. Yes, yes please. I, I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. Uh, yes, thank you. Thank you very, very much. And uh, yeah, hopefully see you soon. Bye. Sorry about the dog. You listen to the podcast? Yes. Woo! You were shaking with excitement then. You were, yes. you, were that, you were that happy from that conversation <laughs> and catching up with your good friend that you've, you've got the shakes. Yes, I love him. He's fantastic. Um, I love spending time with him. I love seeing his face. That was enough for me. But hearing his voice is always good as well, which is lucky for somebody who um, does stand-up comedian and presenting. Um, lucky that he's got a voice because otherwise it wouldn't work with it. But yes, thanks again to Tom for coming on. What a chat. We'll do another one soon. He messaged me yesterday to say that um, he's going to see Newport County play one of the days he's doing comedy in Cardiff. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, he didn't ask if I wanted to go, if we wanted to go. Oh. He just told me he's going in, and I was like, good luck, good luck. <laughs> Nothing like getting stabbed before a gig. Oh, uh, okay. I sadly didn't invite... Oh, we could have done a podcast live from the football. That would have been... Well, there's no... Oh. Hey, it have not happened yet. We still could do it. <laughs> is it the Vetch? Or is that Swansea? I don't uh, know. Oh, uh, no, the Sw- Sw- Swansea's old ground. I think it's... Oh, anyway. Something road. <laughs> no? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, we might go to Newport with him. And um, perhaps we could do like a like a Euro fan, a Welsh fan special. <laughs> with that. So we put it up on the Patreon. Check out <laughs> patreon.com for that's happening. Yeah. Nice. Well, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, lovely for me to meet Tom 
uh, doing this. I know, obviously, he's got a great co- connection with you. You guys go way back. You seem very good friends, and it's just nice to see a genuine, lovely person like this achieve amazing things and just having a great, great time. Um, another thing I wanted to mention was, of course, that 519 show we talked about you know, the blackouts appearance among with all these top stars from 2009, 2010 and all that. Um, but there's a clip on YouTube from that show called Rory's Rockstar Safari, right? <laughs> um, I encourage everybody to go to YouTube after this episode is finished and go and watch that because it's literally, um, how would you describe it, Sean? Literally just the six of you from the blackout just rung in, in a safari uh, yeah yeah crazy. basically um basically i think they said to us sit by there boys we're gonna put you on a green screen <laughs> and then didn't tell us what it was and then tom goes and overdubs it in what i would call a racist welsh uh <laughs> a racist welsh impression um i don't know if you can be racist to the welsh but it did feel like that with the impression but um very good very funny i don't know how that show ever got made because it was fucking chaos from the moment we got there really early in the morning till the moment it ended but it was so so fun um check it out listen if you do check it out and you get offended by anything that happens on the show right sorry not my fault it exists and um yeah times have changed so yeah check it out it's a good laugh um, that, yeah, times have changed, but that doesn't mean I forgive Elvis like everybody else. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> That's a completely different rant, but of course, you can check out you can check out Tom's work on all his social media pages. We would say his website, but as we mentioned, he needs it updated. He's got a lot of comedy gigs coming up as well, so make sure to check out if he's appearing near you. Very, Go and see very. Him. He's fucking soon. brilliant. He's super fun. He's a good lad. Yes, and make sure to give us a follow on our social media pages at Sapling Pod on Twitter and Instagram to keep up with everything going on in the world of Sapling Podcast. Yes, that's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. That's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. Please check it out. Send us questions. Send us guest ideas. And, uh... and as we always mention, our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Sapling. Look. There's loads of extra bonuses on there. Look. We cannot stress <laughs> enough. Look, look. I know we mention. I know we fucking beg every week, right? But look, you sounded then like we were, like you were running out of money. Now, look. If you don't sign up to the Patreon today, I don't know if I can eat. Which means I don't know if I can put this podcast out Friday. Look, look. <laughs> <laughs> Might just start doing that with guests. This look, right? <laughs> but no, this look, our community is absolutely wonderful. People in there yeah, are superstars. The uh, they're meeting up. They're sending each other's gifts. I saw that um, Andrew Keach in the group got a, a specialized Simpsons mug, and I had to reply on our Instagram, being like, "I'm I'm a big fan of that." And they're doing loads of stuff like that throughout the group. So get involved. You can get gifts from each other, make some new friends. And just have a giant laugh with us as well. So that's patreon.com forward slash sapling. If you head to the description of this episode, there's loads of names from there that we do thank. But of course, Sean is going to give a mahoosive shout out to the elite members of our Sapling Podcast Patreon community. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Unity. Yes, thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwaway, Janelle Caston, Amadina Bano, Mitch Perry, Kelly Ewan, Dilly Grimwood, Kelly Young, Paul Hirschfield, Natasha Morris, Emma Barber, Nathan Croshaw, Sammy G, Tony Michael, Kat Besson, Captain Honourable, Dana Lazanova, Jerry Robinson, Murray Grimwood, Johnny Phillips, Scott Jones, Amy Campion, Alexandra Pemblinton, Mikey McDonald's McMuffin Buns, Tom Owen, Caroline Robinson, Chris Howard, M. Evans Roberts, Louis Cook, Danny Eaton, Carl Pendlebury. Martina McManus, James McNaught, Jenny Munster, Kelly Cannon, Lucy Deeds, Emily Perry, John and Emma, Becky Andy, Jason Aredia, Stuart McNaught, Craig Harris, Adam King of the Goss Parslow, Ollie Amesbury, Josh, what did Spartacus say when the lion ate his wife? Nothing. He was a gladiator, Crisp. No, he oh, was gladiator. He's gladiator, uh, yes. Do you know what? Do you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm closing the Patreon down. <laughs> Josh has ruined it now for it. No, only joking. Thank you very much. Alice Wood, Reese Bowring, Keris Andrews, Connor Lewis, Kit Stevenson. Danielle, I have nothing to say this time. I am just writing this so you have even more to say, Stevenson. Hey, Dan, don't do that. <laughs> and last by no means least, thank you very much to Kyle David Smith. Woo! Thank- and before we finish, Mog, I'd just like to say another special thank you. Thank you very much. To the members of Every Time I Die, who have this week called it a day. It doesn't look like it's ended amicably. Would help if I could say that word. Um, but yeah, what what an absolute run for a band. Um, that last record is unbelievable as well. So they've they've gone out on a high. And I just want to say thank you very much for the inspiration, for the tunes. And, uh, yeah, for the years and years of gigs. Thank you very much to everybody involved every time I die. I hope you somehow manage to all get along at some point and do another show. Yeah, it's been very upsetting to see all that unfold, but we just want to say a massive thank you and that we love them because the band have been very nice to us. We've done episodes with Jordan and Andy from the band. You can go back and listen to. And we even had the famous producer Machine on talking about um some of their early records as well so if you'd like some 
take a trip down memory lane about every time I die. Go and check that out on the Sapling Podcast platforms and hopefully something will come good of all of this eventually. But yeah. Ew. What a sad end. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys. See you next week, I guess. Um, Be more cheery. Sapling. Yeah. Sapling. You're listening to Sablin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. <laughs>